Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us this morning. Uh, let's take a look at MLS East Conference standings. The Eastern Conference over here at Nashville SC. They secured another playoff berth in MLS in that Eastern Conference. They are sitting in seventh place as the postseason now approaches. And we can talk to a Nashville SC player. In fact, joining us right now is a defender, Taylor Washington. Good to have you with us. Good to see you this morning. How are you doing? Good to be here. Happy to be here. Um, so talk to me about the, the current form of, of Nashville SC and, and how you feel going into the playoffs now at this point in time. Do, do you feel confident reflecting on current form? Always. You know, we had a great run in the League's Cup. Um, you know, some of the stuff afterwards, you know, we've, we've spoken as a team and we're, we're raising our standard. And, uh, you know, I think we really are a playoff team in the way that we've built and the way that we play and the resiliency that we have. So I think heading into the playoffs, we're going to be in a, in a really good place. Taylor, I'm interested. I know defensively, Nashville have always been standout. That's Gary Smith's kind of DNA within Major League Soccer. But one win in eight matches, that, that's tough for me to say, you guys are confident, ready to go. What, what has been the problem in front of goal? Because it seems like defensively, you're on point, but goals have been hard to come by. Yeah, you know, I think just some combination play up top. You know, I think uh, whenever we get Hani and, and Teal and Sam and, and Randall, these guys clicking, um, you know, I think we really are an unstoppable force. Um, so, you know, like you said, defensively, we're always going to be in a great place. Um, you know, we have some time before the playoffs to work on some things. And, um, you know, you don't want to shine too bright too early. So um, we'd rather shine when the time is, is right to shine. Taylor, I want some insight on my friend Chuck over here. <laughs> you, guys, you guys played together your rookie year at Philly. Charlie's last year, yeah, in 2016 in, at the Union. On those yeah. one-on-ones in practice, who was cooking who? I need answers. <laughs> Bruh, my rookie year was rough. My rookie year was rough. Charlie was nasty, but I'm, I'm sure you guys remember this guy, El Senior. Yeah. Remember Charlie? Ilcino? Oh, Ilcino yeah. was was sick with it. Dude, hey, Ilcino was one of the best one v one players I've ever played hmm. with in my in my career. Off the bench too, he was a beast. Oh, he was nasty. Didn't Ilcino have a Europa League with Shakhtar? Yes. It was my birthday, and he gets the ball out wide, and we're both <laughs> running like 50-50. And as he's about to put it through my bag, put it through my legs, he yells, "Happy birthday!" And then he puts it top. I was just like, okay, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Good God. That, that was El Senio. He would, he would call Megs before. He, yeah. Wow. Yeah, in training. Wow. And people were Insane. like, what is this? I said to Jim Curry once, I go, dude, El Senio just beasts off the bench. He goes, you've got to see him in training. He's like, it's nothing compared. Taylor, I want to ask you a question because as soon as you came on, I, I got a hint of your New York accent went absolutely nowhere. I know you're from, uh, you're from Westchester, but your dad is from the Southview, Southview houses in the Bronx. Uh, yeah. What were you listening to growing up? Was it a lot of, you know, was it a lot of big pun and terror squad? What, what no, sound view is? You know, 
my dad would put on like Earth, Wind, and Fire, um, Doobie Brothers. Like he was always about like soulful music. He wasn't really into a lot of rap. I got into rap as I got into high school, um, but he was like listening to like seventies, eighties stuff. And um, he was a football player, so he liked music that like that helped soothe his soul, I guess, with all the hits and everything. <laughs> Something. Uh, what What's been the difference between? I know you you got a taste of a young Jim Curtin, but now a Gary Smith. How how would you characterize Gary Smith as, as a manager? Yeah, you know I think he's very detailed. Um, you know I've had the uh, the blessing to be with Gary for, gosh, I'm getting old. I think five six years now, um, and I think no matter what situation we're always entering, and we're always well prepared. Um, you know the team knows exactly what we need to do. Um, we know the other team extremely well. We go through, you know, extensive video, extensive training tactics. Um, you know, he doesn't shy away from how he wants us to play, and he won't he won't stop until he gets it right. So, um, you know, I've definitely learned that from from him. Um, Taylor, I want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff you do off the pitch. Uh, reading a little bit about your Nashville Rescue Mission and some of the work you do to help the homeless out there. Uh, where did that come from, and uh, you know, how important is this to you? I mean, like growing up in New York City, you know, too, like I may have moved out when I was young, but, um, you know, homeless is everywhere, um, especially when we were living in Philly, Charlie. I remember I would walk a few blocks and I'd see so many people and I would just think to myself, like, dang, how can we help these? How can we help these people? And um, when I moved to Nashville, there was one Sunday, I remember I parked my car down by Broadway and uh, I saw all these people just congregated outside near a subway. And I thought to myself, you know what, like, what's the cheapest cheapest sandwich that they have there? And it was like a meatball sub for like two, three bucks. And I bought as many as I could. And um, I'll never forget the look on people's face when I just handed them a sandwich, something that I think, you know, we have a brand new training facility with, with chefs from the nicest um, restaurants in Nashville. And it's just like a sandwich to them is, is the world. Um, so to see their faces light up and the gratitude that they had, it's just, it really changed in me the ability to think to myself, like, okay, what can we do for all these people who are here in Nashville and need help and need to be seen? And, um, you know, Nashville Rescue Mission, Bridge Ministries, all these great organizations in Nashville who really do care for, for the city, do so much for these people who, who have so little. When you're out there engaging with homeless people and people in the community, do they realize who you are? Do they know that you play for the team? No, that's, no, that's the best part, you know? like. Um, you know, as much as I am a soccer player, I'm a human first. Um, so, you know, I don't need anyone to know that I'm on Nashville SC. The only thing that I care about is people's hearts and how can I affect them and bring joy and light into their day. And, um, yeah. Speaking about being a human first, today's uh, World Mental Health Day. How, uh, how important has that been for you in your career? Oh, massive. I mean, especially as you get older, you know, you start to realize there's... Um, I'm, I'm a big component of therapy, man. Like, I think it's so important for people to do, especially as, as athletes. Like, you know, if you're not working on your brain as much as your physical, you know, there's going to be an imbalance. Um, and sometimes things come out sideways and, you know, we all need to work on ourselves, whether it's, uh, whether it's through talking to someone, whether it's through exercise. You know, I think mental health awareness is so important for so many people and it can save so many people. Um, you know, that's what happens to so many homeless. Um, they're either misdiagnosed or undiagnosed and they go into a system where they're left on the streets, people not to care for them. So imagine if they were able to be caught and given medication or whatever it was at an early age, um, you know, their life could look completely different. Taylor, I want to give you your flowers because I remember your rookie year, 
um, just how positive you were. And not too many people walk a city and think, oh, there's a homeless person. How do I help him? Or even acknowledge him so, uh, or her. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I think you just are one of those positive individuals that every team needs in their locker room. So I, I want to thank you for what you do in the community and you're a role model, a leader. So for people watching, how can they help their communities? How, how can they help the homeless? What, what have you found helpful in your process? I think, yeah, I think, and also thanks for those kind words, Charlie. Um, you know, I think, honestly, the, the most important thing that you can do is just ask questions, find out. Um, you know, every city and every organization, um, whether it's through soccer or through um, volunteering, there's always a, like a serving opportunity. So like for us here in Nashville, we have the Nashville Rescue Mission. And they have literally, I think it's like eight or nine um, volunteer opportunities a day. So you can either feed the homeless at seven, you can, um, you know, do an after school program at like four. You know, there's so many things that are available, but I think so many people don't know about it. So either Google, research, um, you know, the internet is a beautiful place. It'll give you answers really quick. Um, but yeah, I think just be, be, be curious. You know, like go out into the world and think to yourself, how can I make this place a little bit brighter? How can I bring joy to someone else? And I think by, by serving others, we bring ourselves to a point of just like, it's just pure joy, man. You know, it's just, it's just pure joy. I, can't, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, I've done some work for the Pine Street Inn in Boston, as well as the Greater Boston Food Bank. And being able to help people in, you know, whether it's giving them food or just giving them, giving them a conversation um, can go oh, a long way. Yeah. Amen, amen. Taylor, it was really good to get to know you. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. Best of luck in the playoffs. Good to see you. Appreciate you guys. Good to see you, Charlie. Okay, coming up next, we're going to stay in Nashville, actually, but we're going to head over to the U.S. Men's National Team camp. Christopher Lunt is going to join us uh, after the break. Okay, take a look at this. The U.S. men's national team plays friendlies against Germany and Ghana this month. One of the players with a chance to boost his stock is defender Christopher Lund, who joins us from training camp in Nashville. As promised, we're going to stay in Nashville, speak to him. Uh, good to see you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so this is now your, your second time with the camp and with the U.S. squad, right? Do you feel like one of the boys already? I would say, yeah. I mean, of course, uh, joining them the first time was, uh, you know, as as it is, you need to get a part of the group and, and learn everybody to, to know. But uh, here, coming here the second time, oh, well, I already feel uh, like a big part of the team. Was there any initiation? Is there an initiation when you join a national team like that? A song you have to sing? Did they make you do something to be part of the squad? Yeah, I mean, one of the first days uh, at dinner, we all of a sudden, the new guys had to go up and sing, and it kind of came out of the blue, so I wasn't uh, that You weren't prepared. ready? <laughs> <laughs> what did you have to sing? Um, I mean, I actually stressed a bit because I wasn't prepared, <laughs> so I stood up there for, for some time looking for a song, and then the guys uh, said that I could uh, just choose whatever song and then I chose actually a Danish song um, to kind of see how they would react and they actually reacted pretty positively 
uh, even though they didn't know what I was singing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good squad. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we're all Svenskin brothers, you know, at my time in uh, Sweden with, with Hammarby, but can you talk about your rise from, from Denmark to Sweden and now in, in Italy, how that's been for you? Where, where have you grown the most? Um, yeah, I mean, it, I would say that I've, I've always been a guy that came from the back. I haven't always been uh, the guy that was in the spotlight always. Um, but yeah, going to Sweden for me was a big breakthrough. Um, I grew up uh, in Midtjylland in Denmark, which has a great academy. But going to Sweden and, and playing a lot of, of minutes there into senior football, of course, um, helped me a lot. And then of course, being a part of a a historic team in Sweden, winning the title and, and the cup also um, means a lot. And of course, then then you experience a lot of things in an early age that others don't. Like when when we won the league, a lot of people came over and told me that I need to enjoy because not a, not a lot of people actually win stuff in their career, uh, which was kind of weird for me to think about compared that. <laughs> we were winning a lot, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been some quick years, but I've enjoyed everything of it, and I think for me, taking it slowly and living in the moment has has helped a lot. Yeah, it's good because I didn't win any trophies, so yeah. Uh, hey, this guy's not a don't call yourself the Alaskan brother, bro. This guy's winning left and right. Uh, Chris, I want to ask you, in fact, you said that you need to enjoy, and we're watching you now, your big smile. I remember you coming in, I believe it was the Uzbekistan match, the uh, Pepe goal and the Christian Pulisic uh, penalty. The first image I have is of you immediately running to the goal scorer, patting them on the back, big smile. A while ago, you were asked to give three words as to what type of player you were. And I want to quote you because you said you were happy, a fighter, and fast. Happy and fighter, typically not <laughs> associated with each other. Give, give the American audience a better understanding of who you are. How, why are you happy and a fighter? How do those two coexist? Um, I mean, for me, it's about enjoying, you know, and especially when I got the opportunity to get my debut against Uzbekistan, I just went in to enjoy and get everything from the moment, you know, um, getting the debut for this incredible team is is a milestone, but also something to be very proud of. Um, so yeah, I kind of think that being happy and enjoying stuff makes, for me at least, um, the journey a lot more fun. And you are Scandinavian, of course. Yeah. You got you got to yeah. be happy about yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, and at the same time, with the fighter element, um, I would say it's a lot about fighting the negative like periods that sometimes are there um, because if you don't have the fighter in you it can be very tough um, so yeah as you say it's it's maybe some opposites in some way but for me they coexist together very well very nice christopher in denmark you also go by chris or what's like the short nickname for christopher yeah chris it, it is chris um it, it, it differs a bit between Chris or Lund. It kind of depends uh. on who I'm talking to, but it, it's not really the big you know, factor in anything. 
Nice. Okay, so I just want to know if we can refer to you as Chris. So, Chris, question for you. I, I know we, we read your bio, and we see that your father's Danish, your your mother's American, if if I'm not mistaken. And I think we take a little bit for granted that we're having an interview with you. You're perfectly bilingual. You play for the U.S. men's national team, but you grew up in Denmark. What was your relationship like with the United States as a country, as a culture, uh, growing up? Um, it was actually very good. Um, of course, when I began to play more professionally football, it was more difficult to come to the States because of time and training and camps and games and stuff. But before I chose the path to go the, the football way, I was, I would say, in, in America once a year uh, to visit my family and traveling with my parents and my siblings um, and if we didn't have the opportunity for some reason to come to the States, uh, my grandparents or my mom's siblings would come come to us in Denmark. Um, so yeah, when I was young. What, what, I, what part I, of the States that you'd come, come to? Um, we would come to, I think, Seattle the most. Okay. Um, but my mom is from Colorado, so we had also been there a couple of times. Um, I think my sister and mom also went to uh, DC once because my mom's uh, sister lived there. So yeah, we, we traveled a lot when I was younger. Um, so the long travel to the States was, wasn't really um, a thing that I wasn't used to. So the culture and stuff um, has been a part of um, my life from the beginning. How did your mom end up in Denmark? Um, she actually got a, a job uh, opportunity, so she went to Denmark and then luckily found my dad and stayed in Denmark. <laughs> and, we got, and, and, we got left back, and we got a left back because of it, so thank you. I actually want to know, uh, you grew up in Denmark, but you were, I, at least Burhalter, when he was asked, said that he sort of, the last two years, he's kept an eye on you, which is, means he, he saw you playing in Sweden. You go from Hacken, you get the move to Palermo. How different has that been? How's it been like playing in Italy, and how different are the two leagues? I mean, of, of course, it's, it's a big difference. Um, I would say for me, it's it was lovely to be in Sweden, and I enjoy being in Italy a lot as well. the The details they go into stuff there is perfect for me um, for the improvement, and of course, uh, there's a difference in culture from the Scandinavian culture to the Italian culture. But I love being there, and and level wise, I can see myself improve uh, a lot uh, with the move. How's that, how's that Italian coming along? Because Danish, I tried to I tried a little bit to learn. It's impossible. <laughs> I I, I I couldn't do it. Swedish I was all right, but Danish, ooh, that that yeah, that uh, accent, it's tough. The Danish uh, people aren't that uh, happy for the language, but the Italian is is coming on well. Um, I'm studying a lot and also bought the Super Duolingo so I can practice uh, <laughs> here. Um, but yeah, of course, it's it's also a bit different for me to learn a language completely. I felt the language barrier a little bit in, in Sweden, but the Danish and the Swedish language is very similar. So, yeah, but um, the Italian language is uh, coming on okay. So uh, you're, you're new to this U.S. national team setup. Last camp, you come in. 
who's, who impressed you that you maybe hadn't, hadn't thought of or, or seen in person? You're like, whoa, these guys can play. I mean, a lot of them actually. I mean, I knew all these guys were, were super good and maybe a level or two above what I'm used to. Um, but I remember a training, I didn't train, but I saw some clips afterwards of the guys uh, doing some skills. I saw Pulisic taking it behind the leg. I saw Timmy Weyer doing some fancy footwork. Um, I saw Dest, um, Serginho making a nutmeg. Uh, <laughs> so there are a lot of a lot of good guys. Um, but I would say maybe maybe those three. Um, did some stuff in that training where I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm where I want to be, you know. Before we let Chris go, hold up, Chuck, I, I need to, I want to back and forth in Swedish with Chris between you and okay. Chris. Come on. Hummer uh, du, Chris. Ja, ma bra, hummer du. Ah, ja, ma bra, riktigt bra. Hallet, ingenting brusan. Wow. Ingenting. Ingenting brusan. Ah, all svenskan uh, säger riktigt bra. No, On a scale of one to ten, Chris, how are we looking? Yeah. Great him. How's his uh, all svenskan? Um, I would say a solid seven. Ooh. Wow. We appreciate you. So good to see you. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you. Appreciate it for the opportunity. Good luck in this window. Bahenda Bruchan. All right, Charlie. Bahenda Bahenda Bruchan to me and all my friends. This guy says, hey, what's short for Christopher? No, maybe it's Christo. No, maybe it's Tuffer. They call him Tuffer. I've never been to Denmark. He asked us to call him K. Maybe they're different names. Trying to be culturally accurate What's short for Chris? <laughs> no, actually, you have to yeah. oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> All right, we're oh, going to go to a very quick Lord. break. Uh, we're going to talk Americans Abroad. That is coming up next. Stay with us. Polisic has been the best on the field. Come back for Christian Polisic! The Americans said it again for his third of the year. Ball in, and then on the turn, Christian Polisic the quality of Christian Pulisic. The American is simply loving life in Serie A. Malik Tillman clean through and can finish. That was a pile driver. They're all forward for PSV Eindhoven. Can they put it in? They stab it. PSV level. All right, here's a look for you at the top Americans abroad performers this weekend. Uh, we have plenty of goals uh, this weekend, including some Golasso's game winners as well. Joe Scali and Christian Pulisic, uh, both of them scoring late winners. Let's talk about the Americans abroad who's been performing well. Uh, if you have to give kind of your ranking, who, who do you think has been the standout performer so far this season, Charlie? Well, right now I'm going with Falaire and Balogun going to Monaco, getting that transfer. It took him a couple games to get adjusted. He's, he's had some, some lows, and then now 
he's picked up, he's got three straight starts. He scored the game winner uh, against his former club, Rim. And I think for Balogun, getting minutes at Monaco, that's what he was, he, he went there for. And he's playing, he's performing. Uh, three goals, one assist, three starts. Uh, I really like what he's done with Monaco so far. Mm -hmm. Rebounded well from missing those two penalties yes. in that one game too. And, and that can put you in a hole. Because right. you feel like you're going to a club, you're trying to make the, the right impact, the right impression. And, and it's easy for clubs, for club teammates to be like, this guy, why did we spend money on him? Overrated. He's not going to play. Mm -hmm. We got Ben Yedder, we don't need him. But he kept pushing it. And I love that mentality about him to say, I'm not giving up. I, I, I came here to play and I can play. And he's, he's showing it with his performances. Alexis, who would you give the nod to? I mean, I'm, easy choice for me. It's uh, Christian Pulisic. I mean, just absolutely, you know, the, the fear that we all had from him moving on from Chelsea, will he get an opportunity? Will he find a manager that trusts and believes in him? Will he be able to play himself into a starting lineup? And off the bat, Pioli gave us some inclination that he would really trust and wanted Christian Pulisic. This was not some type of marketing scheme or anything. And he has delivered on the pitch. We're watching his winner against Genoa there. Um, absolutely incredible four goals and assists but more importantly for me it's just the difference of his posture look you can see it here he's he's relating to his teammates his teammates are believing in him there's there's a there's something we haven't seen with his connection with his teammates almost since that first season season and a half with Chelsea and he, it feels like he's back the player we see on the national team now we're seeing ball out on the club side and it's absolutely beautiful to see you <laughs> For me, I mean, I, I think Christian Pulisic was like the glaring first option yeah. because the transformation. And we can all go three Christian Pulisic. Right, yeah. right. But I answered the email but, first, but, but so I, I got him. It's them. true, but, but I, I, really, I really like what you're saying. You, the, finally, the responsible one. Yeah. first. Actually, though, he's been, he's been incredible. Uh, we're finally seeing the Christian Pulisic at the club level, the one that we've been used to on the U.S. men's national team. Um, but also for me, uh, Malik Tillman, coming from Rangers, going to a new team and finding his rhythm, finding his groove, locking down a starting position, key to PSV's success. He's starting over, for example, a Hustil, who was already established in the Netherlands, balled out for Feyenoord, um, and he's now at PSV, but they're choosing Malik Tillman over him because he's contributing, he's an, he's impactful, he gravitates in the whole setup, he's an important player. And like we mentioned before, the depth chart of that 10 position, it's such a shame that he got injured before this it, window. It really because, is. Yeah, yeah. because it was like, all right, this is Malik Tillman's time to shine because he hasn't really been a name that you see the men's national team and say, all right, this guy for sure has got to be on there. Because he because hasn't, because when he, he has he, played though, and with he, the national team, it he, hasn't been, oh hasn't my fulfilled. God, yeah. it's overwhelming. He's got to play. It's and been also, so special. Wanted, we wanted to see him at a level above Rangers. He showed, he balled out at Rangers, but now let me see you do it at a, at a club where your competition maybe is a little bit higher on a week-to-week -week basis. Right. Well, he's and not alone against, from Bayern, right? How far away is he from making, from breaking through into that team? Far away. Yeah. Jamal Musiala, is is he's he's the guy I, I don't see even Mueller you know well Mueller's 34 years old right but even who do you take of right now today? right right so uh, I think that's why you go to a PSV because Malik Tillman's still young mm. he has he has all the time in front of him you need playing time right now if he went to Byron he'd be sitting the bench that's not going to do him any 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 good so 
to go to PSV, play Champions League matches, mm-hmm. play in the league, get consistent minutes. I think playing at Rangers helped his game tremendously in terms of his physique because you go to the Scottish League and it's all about you're getting hit. It's teams playing defensive because you're one of the top teams outside of Celtic. Teams are going to sit back in low blocks, figuring out ways to break down those low blocks, and it's very physical. And I think he showed very well in that league. Now at PSV, the league opens up a little bit more. It, it, I think it suits players who are, are attack-minded because it is so open. And polyfunctional, polyfunctional like Malik Tillman. He can right. play a whole... Polyfunctional? Wow. Goodness me. That's probably in your search history. Um, no, polyfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> like, polyfunctional. I, I translated from Spanish. Multifunctional, I think, is the word uh, you're looking for. Polyfunctional? Sure. Anything you want, bro. Your vacation is your vacation, my guy. Multifunctional. Another name that I said, and I said this in the email, I said if Charlie already picked Pulisic, can I get Weston McKinney because uh, we can't talk about players that have impressed from this men's national team with their clubs and not mention Weston McKinney to go into a Juventus during a situation where his bags were probably packed the club essentially wanted him out to ball and play himself into a starting position at a position he normally doesn't play at right wing back I mean it's absolutely impressive what he's been able to do and now he carries himself with a with a sort of a stature that we hadn't seen from Weston McKinney he's not the young Weston McKinney anymore he's manned up a little bit and it's kind of nice to see and I want to see that even more in the men's national team a world couple do that to you. Yeah, yeah. And to fall out of consideration, to go back into consideration, because it didn't seem like he was in Juventus's plans, Allegri's plans, no, right? He, I mean, yeah. that's why he went on loan to Leeds, yeah. and that and, didn't work out. And he comes back, and... Yeah, it's but that was a Leeds setup. issue. That wasn't a McKenney issue. No, but I think his performance the World Cup, especially in that England game, uh, you, you, Iran as well, you felt that he took... The, the level of responsibility on the pitch to be, I think, more disciplined with his, his tactical positioning in the game, knowing when to dribble, when to not, to be more effective on set pieces because he's so good in the air, that he got respect around the world. And then going back to Juve to prove himself, he's just had that mentality. So I think he's grown a lot. He's matured. I mean, think about him missing uh, you know, curfew in Nashville and, and breaking that whole thing, being... Hey. Sat down by Burhalter. Your dad, your dad, his dad's gonna be tweeting at you, bro. Stop. No, <laughs> the, the whole point is yeah. he's matured. He's grown from yeah, that. Yeah, yes, yes. Look how far he's come. Yeah. And to break into this Juve side and say, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna show you that I have the ability. That's that's fantastic. And you know what? He hasn't lost the fun. He still looks like he's having fun out there. I mean, there's a clip that's gone viral a couple of times of him telling uh, Cristiano Ronaldo when they played together at Juventus, "Look at me. This is the body you wish you had." You know, joking with him. He hasn't lost that joy, that <laughs> joyful, that youngful playfulness. And he, but he's still kind of manned up. I love him. I, I think he's doing an incredible job. Good stuff. Uh, okay, so we talked about England already. England play Italy in the next in this international window. So we're going to bring in Marco Messina. We're going to talk about Italy, Serie A, all of that in just a minute. Marco's polyfunctional. Welcome back, everybody. Morning footy, good to have you with us. The Italian national team is back in action, and Luciano Spalletti has called in his second roster since taking charge. No Ciro Immobile, or Leonardo Bonucci, and uh, Federico Chiesa and Gigi Donnarumma. Are they in or are they not in? Interesting. The script wasn't finished. <laughs> They're in, everybody. <laughs> uh, okay, let's uh, talk about this with Marco Messina, friend of the show, CBS family member. Don't you live in New York? Couldn't you have made... It's like an hour, not even. Couldn't you be here in person? 
I didn't get the invite. You guys got to tell oh, me if so you want me there. Oh, wow. you, right? You said you didn't yeah, get the invite. Yeah, I didn't invite. get the invite either, Marco. I know how hey, it goes. Don't see? worry. Yes. You, you Just pull a Kate Abdo and invite yourself, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm there enough. I'm there every weekend. Kate, come on. You're barely there. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know my first time, but I thought you would have come in for a special occasion like that. Wow. Yeah. Did you all know we'll that see, Marco's we'll mom doesn't appearance. like me? Did you all know that? Why? No. What did wow. you say about her mortality? I didn't know. I did not say anything about his mother. I did not know I had anything in common with his mother. That's crazy. I'm kidding. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yeah, apparently she thinks I'm mean. <laughs> mean girl, Kate Abdo. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not mean. Yeah, crazy. How would you like that? Marco, <laughs> I know your mom loves me because I always have your back. That's true. He just That's swallowed true. really hard. Uh, you my man. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah it, listen, listen. My mom, my mom is like a, a protective. You know, like they have mama bears, where if you go near their cubs, she just completely freaks out. That's how my mom is. Like you say anything, she's. Sometimes it's a little bit irrational, but I can't tell her that. That's, that's my mom. But no, I think you've you've earned some points in her locker the last couple of times. Oh, you've been did nice you take stuff. shots at him? We'll see. No, I've never taken shots. At, what did I do? Oh, I'm going yeah. back to the second. You almost got me did. kicked off the Champions League show. Oh, what are you talking about? And what happened on the Champions League show? <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember when I didn't get Yanis? I didn't get the the Greek basketball player. And oh, you didn't get us any guests, did you? Did you get us any guests? I wasn't there to get guests. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, what do you need me to do everything? Marco, did we bring you back since? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, you're an hour away from New York, so you got to go and you got to see her to mend the relationship. That's how it works. Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so talk to me about this window. Playing England, by the way. How are you feeling? Yeah. I feel good. I feel very good. We've got a new coach, Luciano Spalletti, and I think he's doing a lot of good work. You know, obviously last international break, he had like five days to prepare the team. North Macedonia seems to have our number. We, we always draw against them or lose. Uh, and then we won the second game against Ukraine. So I think slowly but surely he's doing a really good job. I think he's calling the right players in. There's no longer the, the politics of, you know, what player plays for what team. Did he help them win the Euros in the in the past? Are they in some weird love triangle with each other? All of that is gone. <laughs> He's just calling up the players that deserve to be there. And I know it sounds like a small detail, but it hasn't always been the truth. And I think Luciano Spalletti, number one, look at where Napoli is right now without him. So he's showing how great he was. But he's got this special connection of connecting um, the fan base, the fans to the club and, and to the country. And he's already doing that. Like his press conferences literally give you goosebumps the way that he's talking about we need players that fight for the shirt and unfortunately that hasn't been the case and that's why we missed out on the last world cup marco did you just hear that weird sound because that was nico checking yeah. twitter whilst you were talking not twitter i was i was looking i was i was trying to find where mateo retegui was and i found an article <laughs> because he's injured right so my question to you yeah. was going to be who's that guy in scamacas hot right now but not there was ads not only did i tell you i was next but you hop on and steal my question no but i was trying to make a noise what, what that sound stick was. to the mate all right marco in the studio real quick marco uh spalletti can he solve the problems up front for italy is <laughs> back i'm done i'm not doing it i'm not letting you him just do asked that. that i know i'm not letting and him do it. take my question you wonder why i don't come inside the studio okay oh, we're i'll answer the question right whoever it is um that, that is a problem. That's a big problem that we have. Look in the last game against Ukraine. We had Davide Fratesi scoring two goals to be able to win us the game. Uh, but in his past, Paletti's past, you, you look at his history, look at Victor Osimhen. He does a really good job of getting the best out of the nines. Skamaka is the man. He only has two goals in, uh, in five games in Serie A. He's been injured. That is our big worry. That, that's one of the points that we don't have a lot of talent at our disposal. 
Chido Immobile is also injured with uh, with Retegi, but he hasn't been good either way. And Chido Immobile does nothing to even help the team play better. So it is a worrying sign. Uh, Skamaka is, is our big hope unless some youngster comes out of nowhere and solves that number nine problem. Marco, let's let's switch it up here and, and look at Syria. Who benefits the most with this international break? Which club do you think benefits the most with this with this break? And, and maybe uh, maybe Napoli if they end up sacking Rudy Garcia because that's uh, that's what all the talking point is right now. De Laurentiis came out saying it's not a good situation. I never like to to sack coaches, but sometimes you got to do it. And a lot of the rumors are if he finds a good alternative, which is uh, Tudor or maybe Antonio Conte, if he would lower his salary and actually accept it, they could be the ones because. They are a complete and utter disaster so far this season. To think that they went from not losing their first game in, in January, I think it was, Napoli, to losing two already, and they, and they got smacked by Fiorentina at the weekend. It wasn't even close at your home. And it's also the problems behind the scenes. If you start getting Victor Osiman, Quaratelia, Politano, all your best players annoyed at you, and they've already come out. When, when they get subbed out, they're looking at, at Rudy Garcia and saying, what are you doing taking me out? They needed to score against Fiorentina, and you take Victor Osiman out? It doesn't make sense. So maybe Napoli if they change coaches. Anybody else? Anything no, else? I think all, he's, all, I think he's shell-shocked here. Why? Why is he shell-shocked? <laughs> this guy is... Oh, we love each other. Do you two want to fight? No. I wouldn't want to go over. No. You I wouldn't? Mean, it would be shirtless and yeah, covered in oil. <laughs> I've never gotten in a fight. Wait, what? You've never been in never a fight? Never been in a fight. You've never been punched in the face? Never. I've with, never with your personality? I've never given... <laughs> That's a, crazy. Never, I, I know. Marco, you've been, you haven't been in a fight. I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. Oh, wow. I saw my problems with work. Actually, I'm, I'm interested uh, with um, – I got to watch the game against Ukraine with you and some of your friends, uh, and it seemed like there was a sort of a, a very negative air about the Italian national team amongst their fan base. Do you think – what do you need to do to change that? Is a win against England going to start to sort of shift the, the negative mood of the Italian fans? No, I think that's one guy. That, that's Antonio. The, the guy is mad at life itself. He's always annoyed. So we, we can't take him too serious. For the rest of us, for the rest of us that are just rational and see things the way they are, I think we're pretty happy and we're pretty content. Obviously, we need to qualify. It was looking scary a month ago, too, so we, we should add that. Um, but looking at the table, we have a game in hand. We, you know, if we win against uh, Malta coming up, then we're within three points of England, and we got to play England. And we usually have a pretty good record against them. I think Kate can remind you of that. So uh, I think that we're in a good situation. But what we need is we need Alexis. We need you to come back. You came there, and we won. We're very superstitious people, you're Alexis. You got to come back to Brooklyn. You're saying it was Sommer watching the game with him, or? Oh, oh no! The, everyone like watching, no one was enjoying yeah, themselves. He, he's like, it's underwhelming. It's no. somber. Like, what do we got to do to like just make go, this fun? Go watch Bro, that no, it wasn't somber. They just hate the team. <laughs> I mean, why? So it wasn't fun. Why do this? No, it was fun for me. I'm not Italian. <laughs> uh, Marco, apparently, I got a surprise for you. Do you want to hear it? You ready for this live oh, on no. air? Oh God. Do you want oh, it? Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah? On, let's go. Okay, so since we mentioned the fact that you haven't been on the Champions League coverage for a while, we do feel like it's only right. We should bring you back. Uh, so, da da da. CBS Sports is sending you to Paris and Berlin for Champions League match day three later on that month. Uh, this month, uh, so it's Union Berlin against Napoli, PSG against AC Milan. You are so welcome. Wow, it pays to come on morning footy. I like this. <laughs> right. See, you should have driven Thanks an hour. Right. <laughs> what guests can you guarantee us? Ooh. Ooh. Um, 
I got to keep you on your toes. I can't say it now. Come on. Smart man. surprises on this network, clearly. You got, you got nothing. Don't, don't commit to a guess. Nothing. I got something. I got something. You don't believe in me, Kate? Say mm. it right now. Do you believe in me, yes or no? That you can get a, what are we talking about? A celebrity guest at PSG? Yep, top guest. Celebrity, guests. celebrity? What, like Michael, like Michael Jordan? <laughs> that, Yo, doesn't somebody in the studio know Michael Jordan? Somebody told me that they know Michael Jordan in this network. Ooh. I don't know if I can get Jordan. Who? I can't tell you who. We just if said surprise. If you can get Michael you Jordan, you can come on every you. Champions League show. Is that, a, is, that, uh, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that a real statement? That's yeah, that's a, true. That's a binding <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> I got somebody in mind. I got somebody in mind. I have, I have one top, top. Michael Jordan level. Maybe even bigger Opa. than football. Oh, wow. All right. Wow. It's a big right. shout. Marco, let's see. Don't disappoint us now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice to see you. Thank you so much. Good to see you. We are going to be back tomorrow, everybody. Same time, same place, 8 a.m. We will look forward to seeing you then. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy the day. See you tomorrow morning. Bye. <laughs>